Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Mystic Show. Wow, we are back. It is Monday morning here in uh, on the East Coast. I'm actually in northern New Jersey. Um, yeah, it's 7 a.m. We do The Mystic Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. And um, it's an hour-long show. Then you can hear the replays... Um, on the Fractal Stream, which is our internet radio station. You can hear our replays at 8 p.m. and 1 a.m. later that day, all Eastern Time. And, of course, you can hear every single archived episode on our website, themysticshow.net. And this is the show where we talk about spirituality, self-help, mindfulness, meditation, spiritual growth, um, and I like to say all things unseen and otherworldly. And those are some of the, well, they are the most valuable things in life, things that are unseen and otherworldly. I mean, in a, in a mundane sense, think about air. You're breathing air right now, right? Are you paying for that? Do you see that? <laughs> no and no, but that's the most important thing to your life, actually. Air. I mean, you can go, I don't know, something like a month without food or more, I think. You can go like a week without water. And I think you can go, what, maybe three, four, five minutes without air. And then uh, that's it. So we're also on social media. Actually, if you go to our website, you can see links to our social media as well. The website is themysticshow.net. And uh, by the way, today's December 2nd, 2013. As I said, Monday morning. Um, I'm, I have a lot of uh, interesting topics to uh, talk about today. But one of the other things you can find on the website is our Skype handle. You can call us on Skype. And you can also call us on the regular phone. So our phone number is there and our Skype is there. So call up the show if you have a comment or a question. You want to put in your two cents um, during the live show. Go ahead. call. Give me a call. I'm happy to take your call. Um, and as I do, I don't know, not every Monday morning, but um, maybe every other Monday morning, I kind of <laughs> give a little recap of what... Um, what I've done over the weekend. And, uh, and this weekend was, was pretty good. It was pretty relaxing. How, how was your weekend? Did you get to relax at all? I mean, like really just chill out and kind of do nothing. And at least for a time, maybe get outside in the nature. Did you get to do that? Or was it all, all work and no play? So if you did anything interesting, give me a call. I'm going to be, I'm going to talk about my weekend right now for a couple minutes. So while I'm talking, you can be dialing and then you can tell me what you did. Um, so yeah, we, I, we went for a nice, uh, well, first of all, this was the Thanksgiving weekend, right? So Thursday we had Thanksgiving, uh, with my family, which was wonderful. It really was. It's, you know, very special times with family. Friday I went golfing. That's my one day of the year that I, well, at at least one day a year that I go golfing is the Friday after Thanksgiving, and it's usually really cold, and we we have to dress really warm. And but I go with my brothers and my dad, so again we have fun. Um, and man, am I sore! <laughs> oh geez, yeah, I think I need to you know start working out at least a little or do some yoga or something. Maybe one of our listeners can can make a recommendation. Um, yeah. And then Saturday, uh, Saturday and Sunday was more, more or less just relaxing. I mean, I had, you know, we did some meditation sessions and all that on Saturday and then, uh, watched a movie on Saturday night, which, uh, we watched this movie. What was it called? Um, dark city for, I think it was from 1998. It was kind of interesting. I'm not going to actually get into the whole plot and tell you about the whole movie, but this race of beings from another planet wanted to understand humans. So they were doing this experiment with a bunch of humans in this like fake city that they built. 
they kind of constructed the city and they put a bunch of humans in there and they kind of like implanted like false memories in their brains and stuff. And it was a good movie. I I think it was good. And it, you know, in the end, one of the humans kind of got smart and he figured out what they were doing and he ended up with the help of one of the doctors having a little more power than them. So he got to kind of overthrow the whole experiment and kind of free everyone uh, in a way. But uh, they were all, the, the aliens were all worried about memories and the brain power and like the mind, right? So they kept changing memories. They kept giving people some more brain power, some less and all this stuff because they wanted to figure out what makes uh, human beings human, right? So after the whole movie, after all this drama, it was pretty good. Uh, the last scene is with the the human who ended up getting this power and overthrowing the aliens. Um, he basically told the last alien standing that, you know, basically you guys were looking in the wrong place. And he says, you shouldn't be looking here. And he's pointing to his forehead, to his mind, right? He said, you were looking in the wrong place for the thing that makes human beings special. And of course, me and my wife were like, yep, that makes sense. We we kind of knew that because um, it's the heart, right? It's the heart of the human being that makes us human. I mean, our brain and our intellect is good. We need it uh, to an extent. And that's good, but it's really the heart. That's our connection to divinity. That's our, that's where our love is. That's where our compassion is. That's why anytime you ever feel something really deeply, you put your hands on your heart. You never put your hand on your head, right? <laughs> so, and, and of course, the, the meditation practice that I do, uh, the Sahaj Marg practice, is a heart-centered meditation. Because that's where the connection is, that's where our link to, to higher levels is. It's through the heart. It's not through the mind. So Dark City was kind of interesting movie. And then, um, and then Sunday we went for a walk. We actually went to this park. And um, it was really quiet, right? Because obviously it was, um, well, this was yesterday, so it was December 1st. So it was a little cold, but not too cold. I think it was like maybe around 50 even, or 45. So it was, you know, you dress, we had some winter clothing on. It was fine. It was nice, actually. Sun was out. And uh, we walked around these trails, and there was really no one else there. And... There wasn't a lot of insects and, and, and mosquitoes or anything like that because it's too late for them. They're already gone. And wasn't really, there wasn't that many birds either. It was kind of quiet, uh, but it was nice. We had a nice walk. We found a few meadows. We saw a big giant oak tree, like a really big one. Like so big that it was on, it's on the map of the park, it, like as an attraction. Like, hey, go see the, the great oak tree. So we went and saw that, and we walked around. It was really nice. A little exercise, a little fresh air. And uh, and it was a great, a lot of water, too. Like, um, Well, it's because it's part of the Great Swamp um, Park, or I don't know what you call that, the, the pres- preserved land they call the Great Swamp here in Jersey. So that was good. I mean, did you get outside? Did you get to go walk through a park or anything? <clears throat> I mean... I don't know where you're listening from. Maybe you're in China. I always wanted to go to China. Me and my wife want to go see the Great Wall. We want to go a lot of places, but... um, Well, it'll just take time. I think we're going to go to most of the places we want to see, but it might take 20 years. It's okay. It's totally okay. So, the other thing... Then we watched another movie last night, which was uh, Looper. This movie's called Looper... And it's a recent movie, maybe two, three years old. And it's about um, time travel. It's about this guy who, again, I'm not gonna, I can't tell you the whole plot because it'll take too long. But um, basically, 30 years in the future, they learn how to do time travel. And when they want to get rid of 
when this one uh, really bad man wants to get rid of people, he sends them back in time, and as soon as they pop into existence back 30 years, um, there's a guy standing right there and just shoots him and kills him and then buries him or burns him or whatever. Basically, a way to get rid of the body is send it back 30 years and someone someone else destroys it. Um, which is kind of weird. It, the, the whole premise was a little weird, but it was kind of interesting too because the, this whole time travel thing that there was an evil guy who was killing people, well, sending them back in time to be killed, and there were these killers back 30 years who were doing the killing. And um, so anyway, they're at, at, well, it's so hard without telling you the whole thing. So they end up, at one point, they end up... Se- the the young killer right there's a lot of them but let's say the young killer they when they want to close the loop they call it they send back his older self so they'll send back his body that's 30 years older from the future and then he'll he shoots it without knowing cuz they don't know who it is they just shoot the person who's in the who who appears and then that's it closing the loop because then you know you have 30 years to live, and then that's it. You're going to die. So it's interesting, and then Bruce Willis was in it, and, and and the really bad... They found the really, really bad guy, the like the villain. They found him 30 years back. He was this little kid, probably like five years old, four years old maybe. And um, he had a lot of like um, ESP like ESP power and, and uh, I forget what they called it. Telekinetic. He was tele very telekinetic because he could move things with his mind and stuff like that. Anyway, they found him when he was little. And then the main guy who was the killer, he came back from 30 years. He's trying to kill the little kid because the the little kid's going to grow up to be the evil villain, right? Who's doing all kinds of bad things. And, um, Anyway, the main character ends up to avoid all this killing and all the changing and 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 he finds a way where the little kid can become um a regular kid instead of like an evil villain. Basically that happens by him staying with his mom. Because what was supposed to happen was he was supposed to be his mom was supposed to be killed and that's when he went he went to live alone and that's when he became evil. So the main character saw a way to keep the kid with his mom that would and so he would not become evil when he grew up. But the only way to do this was to basically kill himself and close the whole loop. So anyway, don't want to give it all away, but here's the idea that when you change the cause, you automatically change the effect. Right? So if something happens to you, if you do something now to yourself, let's say if you kill yourself, you will not exist in 30 years, right? I mean, that's like the 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 easiest uh, explanation of cause and effect, right? But the thing is, here's the, and here's the whole reason I'm telling you all this. I hope I hope you stuck with me this far, but the whole analogy is uh, in my one of the things I took away is if you basically destroy your ego, then all the problems of the ego just go away. They, they just don't exist. You know? So the ego, what, what, what's our ego? I mean, we've talked about it before. You need your ego to live, but it should be minimized to the smallest amount of ego you can possibly have. Of course, modern day life, we all have huge egos. We're all proud and, uh, what's that word? Uh, <laughs> I, I can't even think of the word, but, you know, we all have our likes and our dislikes and we all have our friends and our enemies and, and we like this, we don't like that. And, and, uh, we hate those people and, and, and it just, there's so much to the ego. Um, so many ways that we cause ourselves pain and sorrow, right? We've been reading these James Allen books. He's describing this. So my take on the Looper movie was if you just 
if you want to stop the madness, you know, if you want to just change things in your own life, uh, and and basically get yourself off of a trajectory that's gonna continue to give you pain and sorrow, then you have to, you know, basically kill your ego, but not so violently, you know. <laughs> it doesn't have to happen in a violent way. And and um yeah, because think about the trajectory you're on right now. If you keep doing everything you're doing right now, what's going to happen to you in the future? Like 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 40 years if you're young enough. So this is the long-term thinking that not many people do, but you can make adjustments now that will have a huge effect on you in the future. You know, it's like someone once told me if you're if you're going from New York to Los Angeles and your flight is going to let's say your plane's going to fly straight to Los Angeles, if you just aim 2 degrees to the right, if you're off by 2 degrees, which is almost nothing, by the time you get to California, you're going to be like, you know, 600 miles off. So when you left New York, two degrees seemed like nothing. But when you got to California, you were way off. So that's, in a way, that's how our lives unfold, is that we're on certain trajectories and we're headed towards certain things. And we have to be careful where we're heading. And the cool thing is we have the power to to change. We can change it. We can say, no, I don't like this trajectory. Thank you. I'm going to pick another one. So, anyway, that's a little bit of self-reflection, self-awareness on what trajectory are you on. And um, this movie, Looper, kind of just, I don't know, it was just an analogy for me. Good movie. I thought it really could have been great if it was done a little better or or maybe a different couple different actors or something. I don't know. Something about it, it, it just almost was completely great but it uh, just it was very good <laughs> or good at least good so anyway um enough of my babbling um i guess you didn't want to share your weekend but that's okay so uh let's take a quick break and uh we'll be right back Yeah, thank you to Anya for this music. Really wonderful. Um, I think that's from Watermark. I think that might be the song Watermark from the album Watermark uh, from Anya. Thank you. And our website, by the way, is themysticshow.net. Themysticshow.net. And you can find all our information there, our phone number, Skype handle, our social media links. And by the way, did you know... That every uh, Sunday morning, we do what we call the Mystic Marathon. We do it right here on the Fractal Stream. Um, So from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Sunday mornings, that's Eastern Time, New York City Time, we play all five episodes uh, from the previous week of uh, the Mystic Show. So on Sunday morning, if if you're having a lazy Sunday morning and you just want to flip on the mystic show maybe catch an episode or two or or that you haven't heard from this past week and um and that also reminds me you can always go on the website and comment on any of the posts any of the shows so if you hear me say things if you don't want to call in to comment you can go to the website and just comment there it's very easy 
But on, on our website, themysticshow.net, is our phone number and our Skype handle. Feel free to call and put in your two cents or your five cents or your one cent. That would be, uh, be great. So we're going to continue with our book now. Are you guys ready? All right. Well, the book we're reading from, as you know, is called Your Invisible Power by Genevieve Berend. And it was uh, published in 1921, and she spent years studying with Thomas Troward, who was uh, one of the leaders of the New Thought movement back, you know, more, you know, 150 years ago or or 120 years ago, something like that. I think it was um, end of the ninth or last half of the 19th century, maybe. Um, so yeah, we're reading from this book, and this book is all about visualization and visualization being by by the way something you're using all the time right now without even knowing it but visualization is such a powerful way to manifest things in your life you know and the way she's explaining it is just tremendous and we're going to continue today um with a nice passage here and um, and by the way, again, she's talking about a lot of times about manifesting money or things, and that's okay because that's part of life too. And uh, and we're not, you know, we don't we don't pretend to be so spiritual that oh my God, you can't manifest any material things. That's too worldly. No, I mean, come on, relax over there. So this section, and and actually. She addresses that right here in this section. But this this passage we're going to read today is called Relation Between Mental and Physical Form. Yep, Relation Between Mental and Physical Form. Um, and this is a this is a short passage too. So, um, so let's get right into it again from the book Your Invisible Power by Genevieve Berend. This passage is called Relation Between Mental and Physical Form. Some persons feel that it is not quite proper to visualize for things. It's too material, they say. But material form is necessary for the self-recognition of spirit from the individual standpoint. And this is the means through which the creative process is carried forward. Therefore, far from matter being an illusion and something that ought not to be, as some metaphysical teachers have taught, matter is the necessary channel for the self-differentiation of spirit. However, it is not my desire to lead you into lengthy and tiresome scientific reasoning in order to remove the mystery of visualization and to put it upon a logical foundation. Naturally, each individual will do this in his own way. My only wish is to point out to you the smoothest way I know, which is the road on which Troward guides me. I feel sure you will conclude, as I have, that the only mystery in connection with visualizing is the mystery of life-taking form, governed by unchangeable and easily understood laws. We all possess more power and greater possibilities than we realize. And visualizing is one of the greatest of these powers. It brings other possibilities to our observation. When we pause to think for a moment, we realize that for a cosmos to exist at all, 
It must be the outcome of a cosmic mind, which binds all individual minds to a certain generic unities of action, thereby producing all things as realities and nothing as illusions. If you will take this thought of Troward's and meditate upon it without prejudice, you will surely realize that concrete material form is an absolute necessity of the creative process. Also, that matter is not an illusion, but a necessary channel through which life differentiates itself. If you consider matter in its right order as the polar opposite to spirit, you will not find any antagonism between them. On the contrary, together they constitute one harmonious whole. And when you realize this, you feel, in your practice of visual, visualizing, that you are working from cause to effect, from beginning to finish. In reality, your mental picture is the specialized working of the originating spirit. One could talk for hours on purely scientific lines, showing, as Troward says, that raw material for the formation of the solar systems is universally distributed throughout all space. Yet investigation shows that while the heavens are studded with millions of suns, there are spaces that show no signs of cosmic activity. This being true, there must be something which started cosmic activity in certain places while passing over others in which the raw material was equally available. At first thought, one might attribute the development of cosmic energy to the, etherical, to the etheric particles themselves. Upon investigation, however, we find this to be mathematically impossible in a medium which is equally distributed throughout space, for all its particles are in equilibrium. Therefore, no one particle possesses in itself a greater power of originating motion than the other. Thus we find that the initial movement, though working in and through the particles of primary substance, is not the particles themselves. It is this something we mean when we speak of spirit. The same power that brought universal substance into existence will bring your individual thought or mental picture into physical form. There is no difference of kind in the power. The only difference is a difference of scale. The power and the substance themselves are the same. Only in working out your mental picture, it has transferred its creative energy <clears throat> from the universal to the scale of the particular and is working in the same unfailing manner from its specific center, your mind. And that's the end of that passage. We'll just take a quick break.
Okay, welcome back. Thank you to the Indigo Girls for the song Welcome Me. This is The Mystic Show, and my name is Chris Curran. And uh, we do the show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. And you can find all the archived episodes on our website, themysticshow.net. As I turn back on all the ringers here, so if you want to give me a call, all the information's on the website. So that uh, passage right there that we read from uh, Your Invisible Power was very instructive, I think. This sort of lays the, the foundation to understanding um, what, why, well, what the physical world is and why it's here. I mean, she basically says it's... Um, she says, material form is necessary for the self-recognition of spirit from the individual standpoint. And, and, and then she goes, she actually quotes Troward in here a little bit. Some of that was a quote from Troward, which, very good quote. And he basically is saying that, you know, the whole cosmos was created in physical form from like some higher cosmic mind. And we as individual human beings, we're like, again, that's a one, that's one way where we're made in the image of our creator in the image of God, because you and I also have the power to direct thought to become, uh, to manifest physical things. I mean, come on. If you want to dig a hole in the ground, you just visualize a hole in the ground, start digging. You can dig a hole in the ground, right? <laughs> so we can affect our physical world. We know we can. Now, there's a big difference between digging a hole in the ground and uh, and tripling your income, or, um, or, you know, buying a really big house or something, right? Or buying a new car when you don't yet have the money. So there's like levels of manifestation, and I think we're going to get more into this, but um, the, the, the principles behind it are pretty much the same. That's what she's saying here. You know? Thus, we find that the initial movement through the work, uh, not this part, uh, something. Oh, yeah. The same power that brought universal substance into existence will bring your individual thought or mental picture into physical form. There's no difference of kind in the power. The only difference is in the scale. So think about that. Think, think about that, that in your life, if you want to manifest some things, you want to achieve some goals or you want to create something or fix something or whatever, um, you're using the same power as the whole universe. It's just on a smaller scale. So I don't know, that kind of gives me a good feeling <laughs> and a little confidence, right? That there's this power behind us that's helping us. And uh, that reminds me of one of the quotes from my spiritual guide. He said, um, nature helps, period. 
<laughs> nature helps. You know, if you want to do good things, nature will help. If you want to uh, build something nice, nature will help. If you want to uh, become a scoundrel and a drug addict, nature will help. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, nature's right there. It says, no problem, I'll help you. So that help is always there. And uh, I don't know, I, I find that kind of fascinating. That that's the same power, you know. Again, when 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 all the religions say that oh man was created in the image of God, it didn't mean two arms and two legs and two eyes and two ears. Right? It meant something a little deeper. <laughs> We're pretty sure, right? Yeah, pretty sure. So this is this is exactly what it meant. So this is uh we're going to we're going to keep reading from this book. We're only about a, not even a quarter, maybe a quarter of the way through it and um it it's going to get um she's going to build upon these foundations that she's laying right here. Um Yeah, your mental picture. So, you know, we're finding out how important our mental pictures are, how important our visualization is, and like I said before, everyone's already visualizing It's something you're already doing, maybe just not consciously. So I wanted to um, just talk a little bit about Pause Your Life because when we have the Pause Your Life meetups, we actually do some a little bit of visualizing usually. And even if it's not, you know, overt visualizing, it, it's something we're definitely doing because um, we have meetups and we actually have a meetup coming up on this Friday on December 6th. And um, if you go to meetup.com and search for Pause Your Life, you'll you'll find the group, you'll find the dates and everything. And we're also doing a, a vision board creation workshop on December 28th. That's right. So if you want, um, for those of you who want to create a vision board for 2014, you know, it's again, visualization, hello, um, if you want to create a vision board, which is basically where you kind of map out some of your goals or most of your goals for 2014, and then you find visual representations of everything, and you make like this collage, this big board, and uh, and you just keep it in front of you all year long. You just keep looking at it, keep visualizing, and uh, I mean, if you haven't heard any of the success stories from vision boards it's it's unbelievable i mean i don't know if there's anyone who ever made a vision board for themselves sincerely and sincerely looked at it you know most every day throughout the year i mean they might not achieve their goals that year but people have found their vision boards years later and they achieved everything on the board so anyway we're and we're we're doing the vision board creation workshop actually here at the studio and uh, we're going to have all the materials for you so all the paper the scissors the magazines everything you just have to show up with your uh, with your mind and your heart and we're also for pause your life by the way the website is pauseyourlife.org pauseyourlife.org and we're planning a retreat in may yes a weekend retreat and also you can sign up for the daily pause email, which is an email that sends a spiritual or inspirational quote to you every morning. And uh, you can pause for a minute, pause and ponder the quote. It's a nice little excuse to just pause and break the break the monotony of everyday life, kind of wake us up for a minute. Right? Isn't that weird? Pause and wake up. Doesn't seems like you'd pause and go to sleep. <laughs> but we're already asleep. We're trying to wake up. So that's um pause your life. And I'm really excited about the the retreat coming up in May. I think it's going to be in May. We're going to have the dates very very soon. That's going to be a great one because local people from New Jersey are going to be attending because it's probably going to be held in in the deep woods of northern New Jersey. Uh, but I think people are going to come from out of town to come on this retreat because it's a whole program that we're doing. It's going to be really great. Um, we'll announce that soon. Uh, 
I just definitely wanted to mention it. And really, if you're not on the Daily Pause email list, just go to pauseyourlife.org and on the right side, just put your name and email in there and uh, and you'll start getting that. And, and, and we don't, you know, we don't sell anything to the list. We don't share your information. We don't do anything like that. We just like sending cool quotes to, to cool people who want to hear it. <laughs> that's really it. So that's always there for you. Um, yeah. So next is this passage from our other book, 365 Dow. You know what? Before we talk about, before I read that passage, I just, I've I wanted to talk about something for about, well, I guess now it's two weeks. It's two weeks since uh, Jennifer Eurizio was on our show. She's the soul language author who was talking about soul language. I don't know if you, anyway, if you search for her on the site, you can find her archived episode and listen to it. Um, but as we talked about on that show, the day before, she gave me one of her soul language sessions and it was pretty interesting. I mean, I mean, you know, I, um, in a way, and this is in no, this isn't a put down at all, but the soul, the whole soul language thing, um, to me, as far as practical use was, well, in the same family as like Enneagrams or even astrology, but maybe a little higher than that. Uh, more in detail, more um, more accurate, or I don't know how to say it, but anyway, but the whole, in my mind, these kinds of things, and, and even Jennifer said it, these kinds of things are to help us grow spiritually and help us to navigate the physical world, right? To navigate our everyday lives and our business and earning money, because we all have to earn money. So when I did the session with her, it was really good for me. I found a lot of value in it, and um, it actually helped me because we ended up talking about um, a small issue that I've been dealing with over uh, over the past while, and we were she was able to help me shed some light on it and and you know kind of understand the approach I need to take and stuff like that. It was really helpful, and I just wanted to share that with you was basically the thing we came up with was um, trust and neutrality. So I think from the, um, there's a book called Power Versus Force by um, Hawkins. David, I think it's David Hawkins. And he has the whole range of spiritual elevation, spiritual stages, and he quantifies it actually. He does it with kinesiology, which we kind of talked about with Jennifer. But one of the layer, one of the levels is um, the emotion is trust, and the the outlook or whatever is neutrality. And I've really been that's been resonating with me for the past, I'd say six months at least, uh, is this whole idea of neutrality. Like, again, uh, our ego likes to take sides. Our ego likes to argue. Our ego likes to say, oh, I'm better than you. I'm right. You're wrong. But divinity itself is just so neutral. You know, God or whatever you want to call it, in my opinion, is completely neutral. There's no loving God, compassionate God. There's there's no adjectives to God because God doesn't really do anything, in my opinion. He created everything and that now it's now we're here. Now we can visualize and manifest, right? That's why someone can go out and murder a bunch of people and they they okay, they might go to jail, but they can live their life, you know? Like you would think, oh, if that was so bad, God would just strike them down dead. Right? But no. But yet there's good people out there really good people who end up getting a disease and dying. And you say, oh, how could God do that? So my my opinion is that God is very neutral. And in my personal life, I've found that when I can be more uh, neutral, 
Everything's okay. I mean, there's no, there's no resistance really to anything. It's whatever happens, okay. That's it. Neutral. And that the reason that the emotion of trust goes along with this, or in my case at least, is because, you know, on a deeper level, I know that that I'm being taken care of and I'm being given what I deserve. And if if the right time, if the time comes when I really need something, it'll be given to me. And when the time comes when I have earned spiritual elevation, it'll be given to me. Like, I don't have to, I don't worry about these things. And, and a lot of it has to do with my spiritual guide and my spiritual practice. But beyond that, it's just, it's just a fact of human life, I think, that when you do the work and you're ready, you'll get what you deserve. And in a way, that's what life is. We're all It's the unraveling of what we deserve. Of course, these days, people don't want to hear that because they don't want to be responsible for themselves. They just want to blame everyone else. But that's ego, right? So neutrality and trust. You know, tr- So trust is that I trust that whatever happens is good and that whatever is going to happen, well, I can adjust my living and my attitude and my actions and my behavior and my words. I can be the best person I can be and I'll create the best future for myself and others. And if things happen, and I'm not worried about what happens. So so if you're trusting that everything's going to work out well, or at least work out how it should, then you can be neutral about things too. So that's a pretty good combination, trust and neutrality. Um, and it's very, very helpful. Now, for someone who's, a, let's say, a typical American who's not into religion or spirituality, that's not it's not easy to do, right? It's not easy to just hear a bunch of nonsense on the radio and be neutral. Like for instance there's a I think there was a train that crashed yesterday and a few people died. I mean it's totally normal to feel empathetic, right? But on a, on a higher level, you it, maybe you should feel neutral. Well, I mean that sounds weird, but spiritually for you for you to maintain your divine consciousness for yourself that's almost you almost have to be neutral to everything like that so it it does it it's like a paradox it doesn't make sense <laughs> but it's the only thing that does make sense and again that's the beauty of this spiritual path we're on we're each learning you know what's what what we can do, what what it means, how, you know, we have to experience this stuff. We have to try it and experience and be open to learning about it. So hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully I didn't, uh, well, I don't think I offended anyone. I mean, it's just my opinion. You can have your own opinion. <laughs> you can call up and tell me your opinion too. <laughs> I'm totally cool with that. So let's just take one more quick break and we'll be right back. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. Uh, thanks to you two for that little piece of music. Trying to throw your arms around the world. 
And uh, welcome back to the Mystic Show. Um, you know, I hope you uh, enjoy the show. If you really, if you ever have any feedback about the show, you can go to our website, themysticshow.net, and there's a contact us page, and you can just send me, send us a little email of what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like, how we can make it better. I'm totally open for feedback. Um, as I mentioned when I started the show, I started it because this, these are the types of conversations that need to happen more often. Because these conversations, in my opinion, are the only real conversations in life. Not that the others are unreal. This one is the most real. And we've talked about this before. I don't want to repeat myself too much. But, um, yeah, if you have any feedback, please, let me have it. Don't hold back. So, on our website, themysticshow.net. So, you can contact us through there. Um, Yep. So, right now, I wanted to go to our other favorite book. And, I don't know, it's going to be years. Well, at least one year (laughs) before we exhaust this book. Probably more because... Anyway, there's an entry for every day of the year, and um, and I read the entry for it's it's not today's entry. It's for a couple days ago. It might have been. I don't even know. It might have been Thanksgiving. I'm not sure. I I can't and I can't look it up right now. It'll take too long. But anyway, this is our book, Three Sixty Five Dao, Daily Meditations, by Deng Ming Dao. This is a great book one of my roommates in New York had when I lived there, geez, about t- almost about 20 years ago, which is scary to say that out loud. But um, anyway, he had this book, and seriously, this book made an impact on my life. I mean, this I read some of these passages, and I was like, wow, you know, deep and cool stuff. I really loved it. Um I'm sure you've had books like that, right? If you, yeah, if you want to, I'm going to read this now, but if you want to think about it for a minute and then call up and tell me what book or couple books made a big difference on your in your life. So this, there's a passage for every day in this book. And the passage I'm going to read today is called Donkey. <laughs> yes, Donkey, right? So I'll just read it and then we can uh, reflect on it. Um, dismount your donkey at the summit. Some places in this world are very hard to climb and people use animals. Each person can only ride one and each animal might have a different name. The riders go up the trail in different orders and they discuss their varying opinions about their experiences. They may even have conflicting opinions. One traveler may think the trip thrilling, another may find it terrifying, and the third may find it banal. At the summit, all the travelers stand in the same place. Each of them has the same chance to view the same vistas. The donkeys are put to rest and graze. They are not needed anymore. We all travel the path of Tao. The donkeys are the various doctrines that each of us embraces. What does it matter which doctrine we embrace as long as it leads us to the summit? Your donkey might be a Zen donkey. Mine might be a Tao donkey. There are Christian, Islamic, Jewish, and even agnostic donkeys. All lead to the same place. Why poke fun at others over the name of their donkey? Aren't you riding one yourself? We should put aside both the donkeys and our interim experiences once we arrive at the summit. Whether we climbed in suffering or joy 
is immaterial. We are there. All religions have different names for the ways of getting to the holy summit. Once we reach the summit, we no longer need names, and we can experience all things directly. All right, that's that's it for this passage called Donkey. A uh, really nice way of <laughs> putting it, right? It's just a nice way to put it that we're all travelers on the path. We're all trying to go to the same place. And, you know, why should I, you know, poke fun at your at the name of your donkey when I'm riding a donkey with a funny name or something? You know, it... it 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 doesn't make sense. It's not wisdom, right? It's almost like child's play. We're going to sit here and fight over the names of our donkeys. Come on. And that's how a lot of people feel about politics in the world and um you know, money and power. It's like it's like a game and I mean, uh, it's just ugh. I mean, really who wa- <laughs> who wants to bother with all that nonsense, you know? It's just a game. In a hundred years, it's going to be gone. (laughs) You're going to be gone. And all your money's going to be gone. And all your power. So what does it mean? Anyway, um, we're all going to the same place. And um, now, some donkeys might be faster than others. And some donkeys might be slower. Some donkeys might be younger, older. And maybe the donkey you choose can have some effect on your trip. This is why when uh, it's said when you go when you go to look for a spiritual path or, or guru or a spiritual guide, you need to sort of evaluate the guide as best you can because you can't really evaluate him because he's so he or she is so far above your consciousness level that you you don't have the wisdom to evaluate but you do the best you can, and you do it by feeling how you feel when you're with that person. That's one way. But um, but when you are, if you have to choose a donkey, that's a different conversation. You should choose the best donkey you can, and then once you're on the path, then you're on your donkey, and he's on his donkey, and she's on her donkey. <laughs> yes, so maybe that's the word of the day, donkey. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, see this is this is how we can get a little crazy when when the when the show is wrapping up. Right? Well, it's been a great show. I'm happy to talk about all these topics. I hope you got some benefit out of this. I hope this stirred up some thoughts in your mind and maybe some feelings in your heart. I know when I read really true statements something resonates inside me and and i really like it so so as you move through your day keep this good vibration with you and smile at people by the way i think smiling is the secret to life and i'm not even kidding i i'm we'll talk we could talk about it later but i'm just not kidding i think smiling <laughs> is is so important anyway so along with smiling you know what to do. Keep shining. <laughs>